It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Contrasting fortunes for Celtic and Rangers in Europe They now enter cold storage until tomorrow Before that, Motherwell looking to strengthen their hold on third When St Mirren visit for Park More injury woes for Craig Levine Who could do with another home win against Kilmarnock And what type of reaction will Aberdeen give Derek McInnes? More questions than answers at 2 o'clock I'm joined by Alex Ray, Craig Beattie and Hugh Keevans It's all about reputations on the line today Derek McInnes could really do with avoiding Defeat at Pataudry As the storm clouds gather Hibbs Paul Seconbottom Is in the same position In the opposition dugout And Craig Levine Must know he will be Judged harshly If Hearts fail to beat Kilmarnock at Tynecastle today There are five major clubs In our Premiership The pair from Glasgow Are cruising The pair from Edinburgh Are toiling And the one in Aberdeen Has gone wonky Stand by for a tense afternoon Yes, I'm looking forward to it Gone a lot of good football to be played As Hugh said uh, It's an opportunity for Aberdeen To try and get back to winning ways Hearts at home Need three points You've got Motherwell v St Mirren Which again takes on another significance Can St Mirren get some goals And we've also got Partick Thistle Which I am looking forward to May come off the bottom of the table And then Craig When it gets to tomorrow Again we're back here Europa League Thursdays Mean Premiership Sundays For Celtic and Rangers If you've won in Europe Do you have the, the confidence To take into the weekend If you've lost Do you sort of suffer some sort of hangover And look to bounce back So many uh, different ways of, of looking at the, the balance That they're trying to find at the moment yeah, it certainly is. Um, I think that the fixtures that both Rangers and Celtic are coming into tomorrow are, are quite favor- favourable. Um, Celtic with a, a super result the other night. Um, Rangers not quite. Um, very, very close to winning the match. Rangers were and, and went on to actually lose the match. Um, but I think quite a, quite a comfortable game for them returning to league action tomorrow at Ibrox. We've got the top team all around the grounds this afternoon. No big games before we get to tomorrow. Let's start in Lanarkshire. Motherwell against St Mirren at Fir Park. Mark Guidi is keeping an eye on things there. Yeah, thank you very much, Gordon. Yes, Motherwell flying high in third spot in the Premier League on the back of a win last week at St Johnston. Stephen Robinson very confident and they will fancy their chances against St Mirren today. Jim Goodwin happy enough with his team. Defensively they are solid, they are hard to break down. They had a 0-0 draw at home to, to Hearts last week but it's trying to score goals is a problem for the buddies and uh, it will be Jonathan Obika who will lead the line for them today and he will try and get them on the score sheet to try and get a victory. They sit in 10th place in the moment with just five points from seven games and as Motherwell 13 points tucked in behind Celtic and Rangers for Motherwell they go 3-4-3 today it's Mark Gillespie and goals at the back it is Barry Maguire Peter Hartley and Declan Gallagher in the midfield it's Liam Grinshaw Alan Campbell Liam Polworth and Richard Tate and it's James Scott Devante Cole and Sherwin Seedorf up front for St Mirren they go 4-2-3-1 Jim Goodwin is going with Vladkav Hladke in goals at the back Paul McGinn Kip Broadfoot Sean McLaughlin and Callum Waters it's Ryan Flynn and Sam Foley uh, holding roles and Kyle McGinnis Danny Mullen and Ilke Dermis who are in behind the main striker Jonathan Obika will get you the substitutes once we get the official team sheets thanks Gordon uh, How much of a blow is it going to be for Motherwell Mark having Liam Donnelly suspended today I think it's safe to say he's been Involved in everything He's got eight goals Five bookings One red card So in, in every which way He's he's been really involved For Motherwell this season And he sets this one out Yeah you're right um, you, know, you could say he was Maybe unfortunate To get the, the red card uh, Last weekend But you're right He has been a, a mainstay And the team has really helped To, to drive um, Motherwell on But I think it shows you The, the, the strength of the squad 
that Stephen Robinson has, Gordon. You look at that midfield today, you know, it's, it's strong. You've got Devante Cole as well up top. You've got the pace of, of Seedorf. You've got young uh, James Scott. And as I say, I've not got the substitutes confirmed yet, but if, if Hilton and that's on the bench, there's yes, good yes. options there for Stephen um, Robinson as well. So Motherwell, uh, I think a lot of people fancy them to finish third um, this season, certainly right up there into the t- uh, top six. And uh, at the moment, they're uh, producing the goods. OK, let's hear from both managers then, starting with Stephen Robinson. A tough, tough game. I've got a lot of respect for Jim. I think he's done really well in his management career so far. Done brilliant well, Um You don't have the third best defensive record in the league if you're not hard to break down. And uh, watch the Rangers play them away um, at St Mirren, and very difficult to break down. And they'll be, they'll sit in, they'll make it hard, they'll hit us on the break, and they've got players that can do that. So it's up to us to try and break them down. And, and again, I think patience is going to be the key. People watch his play. We we will have quite a lot of the ball. And it's what we do in that final third. And not everybody coming to the ball, people running from the ball, making space for others. And, and sometimes being a little bit unselfish is, is what we're trying to work on. Up against Jim Goodwin, of course, this afternoon. Well, listen, we are uh, obviously going away from home to play a team who's in fine form, uh, sitting third on the table. So it's going to be a very difficult task, no doubt. But, um, you know, we're obviously working on one or two things ourselves where we uh, we think we can get at Motherwell and cause them problems but obviously highlighting the, the parts of Motherwell's play that we need to be wary of and we need to watch out for Given that it's still relatively early in the season Mark Guidi I mean we're, we've only just entered October Jim Goodwin will take that won't he? Yes they've, they've scored the fewest goals in the league but to have the best defensive record outside Celtic and Rangers that, that at least gives you that that sort of platform to build on and hope that the goals come. You know, if it was the other way around, he would probably be a bit more concerned. Yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on, um, Gordon. It is. You know, you've got to build them back um, and take it from there. I mean, you're a new manager coming in. You know, it, it was brought in. You look at St. Mirren's pre-season results in the Bedfred Cup. It wasn't great at all. You know, there was a, there was a, um, it was alarming uh, at times and, and rightly so. But he has got them solid. It was great as well that they managed to hold on to the goalkeeper Haladke. Very important. To them and you build from there, you know. And he's brought in Kurt Broadfoot. Um, I think Kurt Broadfoot, terrific signing for them, really solid. He was first class with Kilmarnock last season, great experience, good guy to have around the place. And then, as you as you progress, Gordon, as we know, it's about middle to front and just improving there. And it's not massive, it's just little tweaks that will create more goal scoring opportunities. And I like the look um, of a beaker. I think a beaker's got a lot to offer. And if you present chances to him, I think eventually he'll get goals. Yeah, um, the but I tend to go the opposite direction, Gordon. I, I think that you, you can have a good defensive record, but you're still third bottom. In fact, joint second bottom of the table. If you don't score, you don't win matches, you don't win matches, eventually you're in trouble. That's what you're here for, to put the negative slant on yeah. things. I don't mind that. And it's a miserable day. But the Seagulls are winning 3 nothing, so it's not all bad. I <laughs> thought you would have mentioned it before now. We're nine minutes into the show. I had you down for the fourth minute. So yes, you're right. Your Seagulls are thumping Spurs. We'll maybe yes. get to that uh, a bit later on. Let's continue going around the grounds then. In terms of importance, Aberdeen against Hibs mm. looks massive. How... Stung was Derek McKinnon how, how stung was he by the criticism following that uh, defeat last week Dave Galloway well he certainly was uh, stung by that you could see in his pre-match press conference Gordon that he was uh, certainly a, a man who looked to be under pressure and you know he spoke about the, the 5-0 defeat last weekend at Ibrox as you know being something dreadful and you know he spoke about he couldn't stop the bleeding 
uh, you know, standing helplessly at, at the sideline. Certainly Aberdeen in desperate need of a, a boost this afternoon after two dreadful defeats in quick succession. The, the aforementioned 5-0 thrashing from Rangers. Also the, the League Cup exit to Hearts just uh, days before. That has put pressure on McInnes and led to a surge of criticism from fans and pundits um, with, you know, with a lack of fight at Ibrox last weekend, uh, particularly um, sparking a, an angry response from supporters. There has been talk um, of some kind of protest against Derek McInnes today. I've certainly not seen any evidence of that uh, so far. On the other hand, although Hibs manager Paul Heckingbottom has been um, you know, recently widely tipped to win the Premiership sack race, his team come here to Pittori Boyd uh, by progress to the League Cup semis and an encouraging display uh, to draw 1-1 with Celtic seven days ago. They'll be looking to build some momentum and also creep up the league table. I, I have the teams. Aberdeen, they've certainly been uh, ringing the changes. Remember, plenty of injury problems for them, but uh, Derek McInnes has made four changes in Commandy Considine, Scott McKenna, Ethan Ross, uh, promising young midfielder, and uh, Curtis Main. Out goes Zach Viner, uh, Mikey Devlin, Connor McLennan, and uh, Niall again so it looks like it might possibly be a, a 4-3-3 Joe Lewis in goals uh, a back four for the dons of Shea Logan Andy Considine Scott McKenna and Greg Lee midfield Ethan Ross Dean Campbell and Lewis Ferguson with uh, a front pairing a front uh, trio I should say of Ryan Hedges Sam Cosgrove and Curtis Main the subs uh, Cherney Viner Devlin uh, Gallagher McGinn McLennan and Anderson. Just a couple of changes for Hibbs. Uh, Ryan Porteous and Daryl uh, Horgan come in, out drop Adam Jackson and Glenn Middleton. So Chris Maxwell in goals for the High Bees. Across the back, Tom James, Ryan Porteous, Paul Hanlon, and Lewis Stevenson. Uh, two sitting midfielders, Josh Vela and uh, Melker Halberg. Uh, further forward, a three of Stevie Malin, uh, Scott Allen, and Daryl Horgan with uh, Christian Deutsch leading the visitors' attack. The subs, Marciano Whitaker. Uh, Newell, Middleton, Naismith, Camberry, and Shaw. And your match referee here at Pitodri is Don Robertson. Interesting teams, uh, Hugh Keevens. Great yeah. to see Scott McKenna back from an Aberdeen perspective, hopefully from a Scotland perspective moving yeah. forward. Y- you get the feeling it's all about Derek McInnes at the moment. He speaks about it being, you know, arguably his lowest ebb as, as Aberdeen manager. I think it was their heaviest defeat was, in yes. nine years yeah. since, since a 5 0 defeat to Hearts back in 2010. So you're looking for some sort of response, clearly. For, for me, Gordon, it's a double edged sword here. And Dave Galloway's right, there is a planned protest before the game starts. Now, at after, Aber- at Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. After six years in the job, Alec, yep. familiarity can sometimes breed contempt. Mm-hmm. And fans get fed up looking at the manager. And the other side of the coin is In that time Derek has won one trophy for Aberdeen Now Aberdeen compared to St Johnston Tommy Wright get one trophy Ross County Jim McIntyre get one trophy Inverness Cali Thistle Get one trophy under John Hughes St Mirren Danny Lennon get a trophy So on the one hand you can say Fan protests are a bit strong Familiarity doesn't always be contempt but on the other hand, you can say with Aberdeen's budget, which I fully accept is nowhere near Celtic and Rangers, but is much better than all of the teams that I mentioned there who have also won one trophy in Derek McInnes' time as Aberdeen manager. Yeah, listen, I take your point. Both of you, I, I, I think you always mention it as a tangible, which is obviously silverware. 
Um, I think with the re-emergence of or the, the 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 strength that Celtic have shown in recent years, kind of puts that into perspective. The last three years, mm. uh, you also have to factor in as well the four. Uh, second place finishes Which for me is tangible Because you know You're up against a, a team That's got 40, 50 million pound <laughs> Extra money uh, uh-huh. Spending power So it's extremely difficult To compete at that level And he's trying his level best but, but a protest If he wins today He could be back up to third Which would be what it should be In terms of Rangers and Celtic And the budget stakes So you know And I, 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 t- I see what you actually said there About being familiar And things I has been about We need a change You have to get back to where they were Before Derek McInnes came in yeah. They were rock bottom They were getting rid of managers Time after time And they were doing nothing So be careful what but you wish for you know for. what My old friend Alex Smith When he was Aberdeen manager He said we're playing a European tie Where it wasn't going well And one fan stood up And it was basically Smith you don't know what you're doing and then he said, another one stood up. And then another one stood up. He said, by the time the game finished, Grampian Television had sent a film crew round to the front door at Pataudry. And he said, I knew the end that night, yeah. I was done for. Let's hear from Derek McInnes then ahead of this one. If we don't win games, especially at a club here, you get criticism. I don't, you don't sign up to be a manager and expect it all to be plain sailing. You know, I've been involved 32 years as a player and coach and manager. I have a good days and bad days. When you don't win... You give the opportunity for people to have a go. Uh, when you do win, you keep them quiet for a while. So that's just that's just the way it is. The reality is, we had eight players out that would have been stripped. That's half your outfield team. That's we probably had about five starting. That's half your starting team uh, unavailable. But I still think we can. That's no excuse for. I still think we can show ourselves better than what we did. That was Derek McInnes, of course, today taking on Paul Heckingbottom's Hib side. Yeah, and if they. Find a way, and they find a way to get results. That's what they've been about, you know. Even if the games have been scrappy or uh, they've not dominated games, they've been great at getting results. So we know how tough it's going to be. Stats, if you like, didn't involve a lot of people who were here, so it's irrelevant for tomorrow. It just shows what a tough job it is and um, what a tough place it is to go. But as I said, you get the result you want, everything feels sweet, and then everyone can talk about it. Hearts against Kilmarnock at Tyne Castle. Fraser Wishart's keeping an eye on that one. It is, and the pitch is in excellent condition. The Hearts players just begin to come out for an early warm-up. The goalkeepers with Paul Gallagher. And uh, last time I was here, the pitch, of course, wasn't great because they just had a, a concert, actually, from the from the, the sort of Edinburgh Festival. But it's looking fantastic, Nick, for what I think will be a, a terrific game. I was here in May for the match between these two. Kelly, at that point, were heading for third place in the Europa League Hearts for the Scottish Cup final. Great Stuart Finlay goal saw Kelly leave with the three points, but what a change now. Five months later, neither team been in the greatest form. Not did a fantastic start to the season. The managers under pressure early on. Hearts, though, after no wins in their first six league games, have picked up in the last couple of weeks. They won the derby, of course, got to semis of the League Cup, draw at St. Mern. So it's been decent. And last week, I think there'll be happier times around Tynecastle and the players and the, the club. And during that game, however, injury, injury jinx struck again already with the likes of Souter and Haring and Naismith and Walker on the injury list. Craig Halkett picked up a knee injury and he'll now be out for 10 weeks a huge blow because he's been an excellent signing so far but they still have a strong squad but they'll need that depth today because Kilmarnock have begun to find their feet under the new manager he's very well organised he's got a team playing to his style the problem for Kilmarnock of course has been scoring goals if it's not Eamon Brophy then who does they really struggle to score new signing Osmond so will be expected to chip in as will the midfield players but they're a well organised side who defend deep hit in the counter attack and they're set up to really make it difficult for Hearts today, especially early on. It's very important that Hearts start the game well 
and get the supporters on side. Four changes made by Craig Lorraine from last week. Halkett, Morrison, McLean and Nick Piazzo are out. Di Camona, Irving, Berra and Clare are in. They go with a 3-5-2 formation. Joel Pereira Castro is in goals. The back three of Clever, Di Camona, Michael Smith and Christoph Berra. Across the middle, Aaron Hickey, Glenn Whelan, Lloyd Demure, Andrew Irving and Jake Mulraney with Sean Clare and Riotaro Machino up front. The subs for Hearts, Colin Doyle, Aidy White, Oliver Bozanic, Steve McLean, Jimmy Brandon, Aidan Keener and Callum Morrison. The usual 4-2-3-1 for Kilmarnock they've left out. Mackenzie, So and Bruce and in come Del Fabro, Brophy and Burke. Lauren Branescu is in goals. Stephen O'Donnell, Dario Del Fabro, Stuart Finlay and Nico Hamelainen at the back. The usual two in midfield of Gary Dicker and Alan Power with Chris Burke, Mo El McCreaney and Liam Miller behind the returning striker Eamon Brophy. The subs for Kelly, Jan Kiprovic, Stephen Hendry, Alex Bruce, Rory McKenzie, Ian Wilson, Dom Thomas and Harvey Sinclair. And the referee today at Tynecastle is Alan Muir. Let's dip into the championship, a big one just along the roads between Partick Thistle and Queen of the South. And the man for the big occasion there is Roger Hanna. Yes, welcome to Ian McCall's Furhill Homecoming. The lad from Friesville faces hometown team Queen of the South as he returns to Furhill as Jags manager for the first time in his second spell. He started life second time around, of course, with a cup defeat at Celtic Park and that vital championship win at Inverness Cali Thistle. Last Saturday, I spoke to the chief executive Jerry Britton outside the ground just about half an hour ago. The smile definitely back on his face after a, a tricky start to the season. The Jags are still bottom of the second tier, as I like they touched on a few minutes ago, but they would go above ninth place Queens with a victory today. They won both home games against the Dunhamers here last season 3 2 in September. 2-1 in January coincidentally Gordon I covered both those games for Clyde Super Scoreboard so this is my third Partick v Queen's game at Furhill in 13 months and the third different manager Partick Thistle have had after Alan Archibald and Gary Caldwell Ian McCall in charge as we say one change for him today Shea Gordon is in the team instead of Stephen Saunders that was the change he made at half time at Inverness last Saturday that he felt turned the game in Partick's favour so to go with Scott Fox in goal as a back four of Ryan Williamson Tam O'Ware Sean McGinty and Tommy Robson three man midfield Shea Gordon Gordon Stuart Bannigan and Cammy Palmer with Joe Cardell and Dario Zanata either side of Kenny Miller. The subs are Sneddon, Penrise, Hall, Cole, DeVita, Kai Kai and Saunders. As for Alan Johnson's Queen of the South, just one win in the last nine games in all competitions, but they go with the same 11 that drew 1-1 with Dundee in the televised game eight days ago. The only change being in the bench, Ross Irving dropping out and he's replaced by a former Thistle skipper, Abdul Osman. So it's Robbie McCrory in goal as a back four of Scott Mercer, Lee Kildee, Darren Brownlee and Kevin hold. Midfield, Dan Pybus, Lewis Kidd and Michael Payton, with Jack Hamilton and Faisal Elbaktoui supporting Stephen Doby. On the bench, Burns, Murray, Oliver McCarthy, Lyon, Osman and Gourley. And the referee at Furhill this afternoon, Gordon, is Gordon Dale's pal, Andrew Dallas. And the scene is set. Aberdeen against Hibs, Hartscombe, Marnock, Motherwell, St Mirren and Partick Thistle, Queen of the South. We've given you the team news. We're going to bring the top team in on the next discussion and look back on the week's biggest stories that's coming next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. The team news is in across the country. We've given you Aberdeen Hibs, Hartscombe, Marnock, Motherwell, St Mirren, and Partick Thistle, Queen of the South. Our featured matches this afternoon. Of course, we will be back tomorrow as both Celtic and Rangers play catch up following a busy night in the Europa League, which leads us on nicely, Hugh Evans, mm. uh, to, to, to bringing the top team in on this one as well. Contrasting fortunes in Europe this yeah. week. That would be that would be the biggest story in this part of the world, wouldn't it? First of all, let's say that Celtic were superb. Uh, at Celtic Park, in front of an almost full house. Uh, the way they disposed of Cluj was ruthless, <coughs> efficient, and there were individual performances that were outstanding. 
And now there's a growing body of opinion within the Celtic support that Celtic under Neil Lennon are better in Europe than they were while under Brendan Rodgers. Uh, with regard to Rangers, I do agree with Stephen Gerrard when he talks about the lack of VAR in this competition undermining that competition and making it the poor relation to the Champions League. Rangers would have had a penalty, but for the fact that the referee didn't have that VAR backup. Uh, that's not to say that they'd have scored the penalty, that's not to say that they'd gone on to win the match, but it was a factor during the game. And my understanding, Gordon, is that VAR is only to be used in the Europa League final. Now, when you are trying to be one of the clubs, and this applies to Celtic and Rangers, who are trying to get out of the group stages into the knockout stages, why is it not being used then? Because that's an important stage of the competition. Uh, let's start on the, the the good result, if you like, would be the win for, for Celtic Park. Uh, Roger Hanna, Mark Guidi, Fraser Wishart, bring you all in on this. You can fight it out, whoever wants to answer first. I'm not, I'm not precious. How impressed were you with the way Celtic went about their business? Oh, so polite. Go on then, Mark Guidi, <laughs> you take us away. Yeah, it was a good result. Um, to, to four points out of six now after two games puts them in a really strong position I do like Neil Lennon the way his teams go about their business in Europe yes didn't get into the Champions League 35 or 30 million um, gone but that said they've, they've recovered well he's recovered well because he was under the microscope a wee bit um, for a couple of weeks um, but to go and get a, a performance like that from his team not only win the game but play very well and, and, and catch the eye uh, and as I've said many times about Neil Lennon, you know, Hugh mentioned there, some Celtic supporters prefer Neil Lennon's European teams to Brendan Rodgers' European teams. I totally get that. That said, you've got to give Brendan Rodgers credit for getting Celtic into the Champions League two years in a row. But uh, I like the way that Neil Lennon, as he's always done, there's no nonsense at the back. As best they can, they do not take risks. And I think that is a great starting point in European football and that's why you get clean sheets uh, Roger Hanna you have seen many of these group stage matches over, over the years and of course some have been Champions League but there have been lots of times when our teams have been in the Europa League or, or UEFA Cup is that as comfortable a, a group stage match as, as we've seen in a few years? Yeah I would have said so um, and it just proved I think what a lot of us thought Gordon that the 4-3 win for Cluj was, was just a freak night it was just one of those nights a very costly freak night for Celtic when they lose out the money that Mark touched upon there but Celtic are a better team than Cluj and they showed it and what shone out for me was just how well the new signings have finally settled in. You know, I think Mohamed El Yunusi will get a lot of the headlines for the goal that he scored starting and finishing that move that involved James Forrest. But Christopher Julian is now beginning to look like the, the blue ribbon signing that Hugh was speaking about in the summer. Bolly balling golly, a terrific ball. Just stood it up for Edward to head that first goal in. All the criticism of him has died away. And, and the one who's gone under the radar as well that, that I like, you know, Hatim Abdelhamid. Yeah. Is, it, it just looks unflappable in, in any sort of circumstance. I've thought that you know through the season. So Neil's signings are beginning to to you know put in the performances that he expected from them from the start. Uh, yeah, I mean Fraser Wishart, the, the the group that Celtic are in, you, you can yeah. you only know so much about it and, and until you get a look at these teams. How does this set? Celtic up now do you think there's, there's a, there'll now be an increased um, belief I would imagine that they can certainly do something significant in the group yeah absolutely I mean they're sitting top we, ha we haven't seen Lazio yet but of, of course they lost to, 
to Cluj in the first set of games and um, you know I, I think a wee bit of a if only for, for Celtic not only as Roger was saying about the, the game against Cluj in, in the Champions League it just shows how precarious it is when you've got to do so many qualifiers one poor performance can just send you out and, that, and that's what happened and that's what I was thinking about watching the game when Celtic completely dominated and they were terrific you're thinking if only brought half of that to, to that game there uh, and, and the same for Wren as well because I, I felt Celtic played really well out in Wren and, and should have had a penalty and should have won the game in, in any case and, and, and didn't they could be sitting pretty at the top but things are looking really really good and, and Roger went through all those players but I, I was just struck by Callum McGregor's performance back to his best he played so many games in, in, the, in the last 12 months for Scotland and for Celtic he's a regular and his consistency levels were so high I think just dipped a wee bit at the start of the season but the way he moved the ball around and Ryan Christie goodness me what an improvement in a player over the last 12 months his belief has just gone sky high and, and I think he covered every single blade, blade of grass and just looks a terrific footballer so for Celtic I think things are looking so good it's a bit ominous for the rest of, of Scottish football I have to say because you know they, they are playing so well and, and hopefully they can keep that going but Lazio now is going to be a key test because a wee bit unknown we haven't seen them play so far but they'll be decent but a good result against Lazio next round of games then Celtic could be there in the last 32 uh, Alex Ray Hugh yeah. kicked us off he believes that the Rangers should have had a penalty I think most people who watch the game Agrees, would yeah. agree that aside was that was that a sort of harsh lesson as to what can happen at that level because yeah. for long long spells they looked okay they looked comfortable certainly at half time we were, were in here watching it anticipating that they go on and, and win the game but end up coming home with nothing. I think that's a big disappointment for everyone, Gordon. When you see the reaction on social media to uh, the result, I think people get a wee bit excited to you. They, they start pointing the finger. And uh, I think when you look at the game overall, they need to manage certain moments better. I think they need to be more braver, particularly in the second half in terms of getting on the ball. Because, uh, you know, particularly in that first half. Uh, and I think Steven Gerrard will be frustrated because when you see the manner in which they lost the goals it was extremely extremely poor analyse them both quickly for us then yeah, absolutely. because obviously yeah. James Tavernier is getting so yeah, much criticism yeah. T- talk us through them both well he's clearly a lo- lost possession he's tried to keep the ball in in the touchline but he's found himself facing his own uh, byline if you like he's tried to pop it back to the centre half but so that's the first mistake let me yeah. ask you a question do you think he's tried to nutmeg the player well the thing is it depends on where the, the, the approach is for him because I think if you look I think Golson was very much behind him uh, beat. So, you know, if he maybe made a rear angle Or played it to the side He might have got away with it But anyway You then have a 1v1 With Golson uh, His uh, 1v1 Golson does not do enough to stop the ball And then you have Holanda Who goes with his wrong foot So there's a combination of three mistakes there All starting with James Tavernier And at that point The whole dynamic of the game changes Because that, from there Young boys then start got momentum The second one is from a goalkeeper's kick There's one minute to go And the balls get lumped In top of Helander For me He's header I mean unopposed header So that you see the ball Coming 60 yards Gordon He should be heading it Straight back in Over the right back And that way You have Total control If the ball comes back Because it'll come back Down that channel When he heads it back Into the centre half Which is their most Dominant area You're then exposed Because the header back Can either go left or right Tavernier leads you know, because he thinks he can get it in the last seconds and then the ball goes down the side and then I don't think I think Alan McGregor knowing him would feel as if he could probably mm. have done a little bit better uh, Roger Hanna what have you made of the level of criticism aimed at, at James Tavernier in the last couple of days lots on social media and, and I get that that sort of happens nowadays rightly or wrongly um, lots on the phones last night as well is it over the top? Um, depends what level of it you're talking about Gordon. I th- in an isolated evening 
he's made two mistakes and people would be forgiving of the two mistakes but the problem is James Tavernier now has been performing like that for years this, this wasn't unexpected he can't defend which is a bit of a problem for a defender and I understand that he's fantastic going forward he scores a lot of goals penalties free kicks he creates a lot of goals as well for Rangers and has done over the last three or four years but he hasn't learned the art of defending if it's been coached into him he seems to forget how to defend when he goes over the white line and will Steven Gerrard and all his teammates will publicly back him it must be a concern you remember he gave the ball away for the James Forrest winner in the old firm game at Celtic Park last spring and he's had two howlers on Thursday night and it's going to get to a situation that Steven Gerrard has to make a decision whether he can afford to keep him at right back I'm not saying put him out of the team because he could play him, play him in a more advanced role but he'll have to decide whether he can continue to play him at right back and the knowledge that the mistakes will keep coming. Roger, Roger, Roger sorry, Hughes. I'm just, I'm just saying in terms of defending. See the the two goals that we take because we're obviously talking about the game the other night. At what point does that show the defending part of it come into play the other night in terms of somebody getting at him? You know, in terms of you know a one v one situation where he's getting he's getting terrorised or something. Because I don't see that down to uh, actual defending. It's bad decision making as a defender, I like the first one, he should have cleared his lines. I, I, I think it might be right, he maybe was trying to not make the guy. I actually don't know what he was trying to do, but yeah. I know what he should have done. He should have got the ball out of the park in a dangerous area. And the second one, for a defender, it, you know, it's about positioning, it's about decision making, it's about body shape, and all of them were wrong. I wouldn't contradict what you're saying, Roger. However, I do believe there's a scapegoat culture. Oh, without doubt you. Tavernier has been a victim of that since Thursday night. Alec Ray has just described two goals where other people were implicated in the loss of those goals. All the way down to Alan McGregor and the final shot. Yes, Tavernier made a, a mess of his attempt to bring the ball under control. But the goalkeeper for the first goal, Helander as well is involved. But there's a scapegoat culture and the fancy right him because he's got previous from a technical point of view the, the mistakes actually made before Tavernier goes to get the ball see when the ball's headed back yes. the, the Rangers back line start to squeeze yeah. now see when Rangers have not got control possession of the ball see he's a defender can't he can't squeeze up. the game so that's where the mistakes made they, they, they start to squeeze up the park it's not under control and the young boys but he just hooks it in behind and, and that's your mistake there see if you've not got secure possession of the ball you give yourself two or three yards you drop off the game yeah. until you have the ball secured and then you can squeeze the game what, what would you do? what would you do? would you keep him at right back? is it an argument to play him further Ro on? Roger, he, he is the number one right back his he's, he's statistics his goals and everything he brings to the table is up there with the best in Scotland they're not going to change him or put him forward at one position because he brings so much from the right back berth hence the reason why he got so many goals last year assists so and I know there's a call for Tavernier to go believe me he he will not come into play uh, Flanagan will not come in at right back he is the number one right back Roger, in Rangers. Roger I'm with you I'm not Tavernier's biggest fan I've been critical at points on the past and the show um, I think his stats are buoyed by a lot of set pieces Um I don't think he's a particularly good defender like, like you're saying and I also don't think that he's a, a top top attacking player he, he wouldn't be my choice as an out and out attacker in a Rangers team um, so so for me I, I think Gerard keeping him in making him captain etc 
was an easy option. He had bigger problems at the start of his tenure at Rangers, but I now think it's a problem that he has to address. Uh, Mark Goody, Fraser Wishart, keen to get your thoughts on this as well because it was really widespread last night. Um, and you expect players to get criticised if they make errors. You know that happens, but we, we then had a lot of Rangers fans, you know, tweeting in and not not only focusing on the mistakes the other night, but saying ah, his delivery is not even that good. You lot in the panel make his delivery out to be better than it is, but, but surely the, the twenty-one assists last season would suggest otherwise. Yeah, he, listen. A he's the first Alec, Alec Ray's right he's the best right back at the club and will be and you know Matt Warburton I think it was Matt Warburton that signed 250 grand or, or, or whatever it was you know it's a great piece of business and what we've got to remember the focus does go on Celtic and Rangers players particularly when they make mistakes but what is it you're expecting what, can, can Rangers get better than James Tavernier they, they might be able to but we've got to be realistic when you play for Rangers and Celtic but when you're playing for Rangers you don't get the perfect player they don't exist in Scottish football otherwise they wouldn't be playing here and I don't agree with Craig in terms of when he said there that um, Stephen Gerrard making the captain was an easy option it was the right choice for Rangers he's a good professional he leads the club well leads the dress room he makes an, a, an impact on Pat yes he's not perfect Thursday night was a horrible night for him but he'll move on from it and so will the Rangers supporters but he was an easy option it was probably the right option to become the captain of the club it's, it's the easy target is to, to target somebody's weaknesses all the, all the time and I think you're right Mark You know, to, to get the ideal player he would be playing for, for Barcelona and uh, the, these kind of teams and even fullbacks the highest level get get slaughtered and I, as, a, as a, an old fullback myself I have to say you, you're expected to defend you're expected to defend one-on-one you're expected to win the ball in the air at the back post expected to be, to be a good tackler expected to be good positionally and get on the ball and get forward and cross it so sometimes sometimes there's a weaker part to your game there's no doubt the weaker part for James Tavernier is he's defending and, 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 and isolated uh, on Thursday night he has to look at himself and take that criticism for his, for his role in the two, the two games but I think he's be, get better I think he's genuinely got better and, and I agree with Alec Ray's point that when you look at his actual defending his positional play in general is better he used to get caught with the ball up the inside of him he's better in a one-on-one situation and uh, you know if we looked at every goal we could blame somebody for every single goal James the other night, I don't know what he was thinking in the corner, just kick it out. I think he was tired. I thought Rangers chased the game towards the end to maybe try and get the win. And Tavernier was still charging forward. It was a tired lunge towards the end rather than just let the ball go through him and chasing it as well. So he's got to take that on the chin. But I have to say, some of the criticism in the last few days have been way, way over the top. He has brought so much to Rangers in the last couple of years. I think fans should remember that. A good friendly debate with both sides well covered, Hugh Keevans. <laughs> yeah. You can't ask for more than that on a Saturday afternoon. Let's leave it there, though, because we've got big games 20 minutes away and we'll go back around the grounds next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans, Craig Beatty, and Alex Ray in the studio, the top team all around the grounds. 15 minutes to kick off. Fascinating fixtures all across the place. Uh, let's go back to Motherwell against St. Mirren. Uh, both local teams for us, of course, and a lot to play for at the moment. And I mean, Mark Guidi, I understand that you've you've been joined by another member of the team who's there on his own time, just putting in the hard graft doing his homework. And I, I, I listen, I've heard um, Mark Wilson and Roger and yourself talking about his his Barnet. I'm all, he, with with my situation. I'm obviously very interested in Barnets, and I have <laughs> to say, I'm I'm definitely having Gordon's natural look. I really like it. it suits is that the first time you've you've seen it, it up is, close yeah. and in person? Yeah, I mean, I never ever like to say to him. 
at the time, but I think we all used to talk behind his back. And uh, <laughs> he, the, 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 the die was shocking. I mean, it was a shocker. Um, the, the old die, the old uh, ginger look. That. But yeah, but listen, the, the, the old natural. Uh, it's not even grey. It's white, but uh, it looks a million dollars. It's looking great. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's got the mother strip on as well. Back to the, back to the football. Um, Mark, I was looking at the, the players absent for Motherwell today and the name that jumps out at you which is possibly testament to how well Motherwell are doing as good as he is no one seems to be bemoaning the loss of David Turnbull at the moment yeah. I mean he was the outstanding player in the young player in the country last season and they're coping fine without him so what a great boost that must be to Stephen Robinson knowing that if they can hang in there and keep this run going maybe in the new year they welcome him back yeah, you're absolutely right, Gordon. And, and funny enough, I, I've not even really uh, thought about him once this season in a Motherwell context because you know pretty much things uh, have been good um, for the club. But yeah, you're right. But I think that's obviously a testament too to the fact you know your guys like like Seedorf has come in and, and hit the ground running. He's made a good contribution. Devante Cole scored a couple of goals. Yeah, he missed that sitter last week that, that, that Fraser highlighted. He watched it in the telly, and, and of course he should have scored. James Scott, another young player that's come. And through the the system, it's doing well, and I, and I know you uh, do too. I, I like Jermaine Hilton. You know, I think great option to have in the the bench when you know you've got a tired defence. Last 20 minutes, fantastic pace, lifts his head, gets a ball um, over. So yeah, um, you're right about the, uh, Turnbull. And when he does get back, and I'm sure it won't be a problem. He'll he'll be back soon. He will be an asset for for Motherwell. And you know, all he has to do is just get a couple of good games under his belt, just for clubs to know. I don't know if there's any kind of you know unwritten agreement with Celtic in place that they've got first option on him again or whatever the, the, the scenario might be but um, I think that, that uh, I hope he stays he gets back fit and he stays with Motherwell for the second half of the season but come next summer that they can get the, the, the £3 million for him and we know the challenge that, that those size of clubs face in recruitment marks St Mirren are the same and you go across the league you're Kilmarnock St Johnston Ross County for Stephen Robinson to have free Transfers for Declan Gallagher and Liam Polworth. He'll be absolutely delighted with that contribution so far. Yeah, you know, and, and Polworth, you know, he's been about our game for, for a while, you know, Inverness and, and different things. And for me, I, I don't remember him ever standing out for Inverness. He, he was a tidy player. You're, you're six, seven out of ten. You know, you, you knew what you were going to get from him. But um, since he's got me, Motherwell, he's just a new lease of life. You know, really taking games with, with the scuff and the neck, just being a, an integral part of it and, and standing out and then you're right at, at the back to get Gallagher from from, uh, from Livingston good piece of business there's a few teams sniffing around him so yeah Stephen Robinson um, has recruited uh, really really well even like some Mark O'Hara um, on the bench for, for Motherwell today he's you know, really good at, at Dundee went, went down south now he's back up so listen I think uh, Motherwell's recruitment has been, been spot on as it needs to be uh, Fraser Wisher you're watching Hearts against Kilmarnock a couple of things are, are jumping out here so um, there's never been more than one goal in it in the last nine meetings between the sides if you take the Celtic game out of the equation which, which is fair Kilmarnock haven't conceded in their last six Hearts don't score many and with your reputation added into the mix you're going to have to convince me that this is not going to be a nil-nil it has gone through my mind I have to say <laughs> <laughs> even when I was sitting John a few points down for the sort of pre-match stuff you're thinking yeah very well organised come on up they sit deep they play in a defensive style oh dear this could be this could be t- uh, a dodgy one and, and I don't think there'll be many goals in, in this in this game but come on up be set up that way even under Steve Clark you know they, they would sit in and they would try and hit on the break but I think that the start of the game is going to be critical for, for Hearts Kamarnock will be quite happy at 0-0 
They've got really good midfield players, and what they do is they, they try and make teams play through the middle, and then all of a sudden Power and Dicker, who are doing a grand job in that midfield area, go in and just close people down and break up the play. But the difference, I think, this year in Kilmarnock's play is, is they don't have the likes of Jordan Jones, you know, who can carry the ball and run with the ball and, and go on the counter-attack. So there's a bit of pressure maybe on the likes of Liam Miller and Chris, Chris Burke, who's been excellent for a wee while, El McCreaney. There's not many goals there. There's not many goals in that midfield area. But Hearts, I was actually jotting down, the people that are missing today, just off the top of my head, Garuccio, Naismith, Haring, Walker, Suter, Washington, Whiten, Halkett and Nick Piazzo, all injured, and six of them would start. But they've still got a strong team. There's nobody really... Young Aaron Hickey's now a regular first-team player. Andrew Irving's probably the youngest lad coming into the team. The rest are established first-team players. Whelan, Damour, Machino, Clare. So, you know, Hearts, I think, have to start the game well. And if they can get on top of Kilmarnock, get a few chances, the crowd will get behind them. But we've seen it so often here. 25 minutes gone, 0-0. Kilmarnock dominating play. Hearts creating nothing. The fans could turn against them. So the start of the game, I think, will be absolutely critical. Uh, Dave Galloway is watching Aberdeen against Hibs A big game for a number of reasons uh, Just going back to the, the, the team news Dave Because Derek McInnes really looking for that reaction I, I don't have the stats to hand But I can't imagine we've seen Curtis Main and Sam Cosgrove Start start many games together No absolutely not And, and it certainly it, it doesn't look like it's going to be um, Looking at the, the team formation I have It doesn't look like it's going to be a, a, a 4-4-2 I think it's going to be Cosgrove in the middle With uh, Main and, and Hedges uh, wide And then a three in midfield Of uh, Ethan Ross, Dean Campbell and Lewis Ferguson Now that might be a, a, a source of concern for the Aberdeen supporters because there's a much more experienced uh, Hibs midfield and that could be where this game is uh, won and lost today uh, Yeah, certainly fascinating fixture up there at Pataudry what type of reaction uh, will Derek McInnes get uh, let's step into the championship again uh, Roger Hanna is looking ahead to Partick Thistle against Queen of the South Roger, it's very early to be Worrying about the league table But if you if you were to listen to Ian McCall's predecessor Gary Caldwell He didn't even like looking at the league table in early May <laughs> That went so, well um, <laughs> I, But psychologically I mean because it's so tight at the moment I mean there's a series of results Which can see Partick this will go mid-table with, with a win this afternoon So I just wonder psychologically To get the Ian McCall era really up and running How important that could be yeah, they only dropped to the bottom of the table last night with an unexpected Alloa victory over the United, the Championship leaders, Gordon. Um, Ian McConnell will be telling his players they're only four points off fourth place where Dundee currently reside, so it's not really a crisis. It's amazing the difference a week can make in football and one result. That win up at Inverness last Saturday has completely changed the dynamic here at Firhill. There's a decent crowd in already and they believe that Ian McCall and Alan Archibald back at the club and Neil Scally and all, and all the changes can help fire them up and you know McConnell will be saying they're four points off the promotion playoffs at the minute so there's not really much sense of crisis around Firhill despite despite a sticky start and a managerial change uh, If it was any of the other pundits I reckon I could throw this out there and, and it wouldn't backfire Roger because they wouldn't know the answer but you might just sucker punch me here me? Stephen Dobie three goals this season how many at this stage last season? Uh, 21 I knew it honestly he just, that's, that's, that's why he gets paid the big bucks He knows his stuff um, but That's it is why he's minus one It is remarkable Roger Because um, th th that's the, the task that faces Queen of the South Because if, if, if he's not going to be firing what else is going to be happening for them in that yeah, respect and, and it's noticeable the goals have dried up since mm -hmm. London Dykes yep. has moved on um, Lyndon Dykes is at Livingston he started brightly and Lyndon Dykes is the type of striker who won't guarantee you 15 or 16 goals a season 
but the number of assists, the number of flick-ons, and the number of you know runs he makes that take defenders away and create space for others. Lyndon Dykes was crucial last season to Stephen Doby's success. Um, Faisal Lilbachtoui is in now, a player well-known to Alan Johnson, the manager. Young Jack Hamilton is in on loan from Levy as well. They will need to create the number of opportunities for Doby that Lyndon Dykes did last season. Otherwise, it could be a long season for Queen's. You know, our both have picked up points already. You, you saw last night in the televised game that the Aloha are always dangerous on their home patch, will always pick up points. So the sort of script for this has been written about Partick being bottom of the league but Queen's are only one place above them and they're just in, in just as desperate need of the points Big picture time Hugh Keevans how are yeah. we set up today? I'm calling the ACA home and hosed this oh, week okay. oh, stop it. because Aberdeen will beat Hibs Hearts will beat Kilmarnock <laughs> Motherwell will beat St Mirren and the Jags will beat Queen of the South Four home wins in our feature matches. Okay, Craig Beatty. I followed you in here. Oh dear, yeah. that's never good. Oh my god. There you Some are. Some people are not to be followed. And he is one <laughs> of them. This was, this was me doing my homework last night, convinced of four home wins. Yeah. I'm going for uh, Aberdeen to draw, Gordon. Hearts to draw, Motherwell to beat St. Mirren. And I'm going for a Partick draw as well. Good value in that, mm, Hugh. Okay. Yeah, but the, the, the stories are all there, Hugh, because yeah. I, I know that the big games in, in this city tend to involve. Celtic and Rangers We get that But I mean In terms of manager needing a win Derek McInnes oh, yeah. could, could really do with one Paul yeah. Eckenbottom is, is is the same He's not out the woods Regardless of that Impressive point against Celtic Craig Levine Could he Could, could the Hearts fans Stomach another failure To win at no. home again no. Yes Yes they've made Some strides But To go another week Without winning at home they, These things are all adding up No the, the, the victory over Hibbs And uh, Aaron Hickey's Terrific Finish to that match Will mean nothing If they lose at home today They'll turn on Craig Levine They'll certainly turn on Derek McInnes If Aberdeen lose at home uh, Paul Seckenbottom Even if uh, you know he is at Pataudry He will still get stick If he doesn't get something Out of that game We've got five clubs Celtic Rangers Hibs Hearts And Aberdeen Now Celtic and Rangers Absolutely fine The others With the supporter base That they have and at a club like Hearts Where you are basically owned by the fans This cannot go on It's great to see Motherwell third top An absolute tribute to uh, Stephen Robinson And all concerned with the club And it's great to see others pushing in But Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs Have got to improve quickly or there will be trouble at mill So much to look forward to this afternoon Hearts, Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, Hibs, Motherwell, St Mirren And Partick Thistle, Queen of the South Kick-off is next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been foul play Talk to Thompson's.com Full time at Motherwell to St Mirren nil And a comfortable and deserved victory For Stephen Robinson's men They increased the lead over fourth place Aberdeen they're now in third spot and just three, high, three points behind league leaders Celtic and what a performance it was they totally dominated the match in the first half there were only one goal up that goal came in the 39th minute and it was a beautiful strike 20 yards out James Scott right into the goalkeeper Haladki's top left hand corner for St Mirren they would have lost this game heavier had it not been for Haladki he pulled off three or four wonderful stops he was beaten again in the 86th minute the, St. Mir uh, the Motherwell substitute Tess Long who came on in the 69th minute for Seedorf 
put a shot from eight yards and it flew into the top corner past the helpless Haladke Fox St Mirren they played better in the second half the, the first half was a non-event for them it was back to the wall stuff but they did manage to create two or three very good chances Paul McGinn forced Mark Gillespie into a save at, at, uh, at 1-0 and then Kyle McGinnis had a shot cleared off the line by Peter Hartley in the 72nd minute so it was an improvement from St Mirren but overall not good enough and not enough goal threat which Jim Goodwin knows he needs to address but for the home team another good performance in third place and a deserved victory thanks to a goal in either half one from James Scott and one from substitute Chris Long full time at Fur Park Motherwell 2 St Mirren 0 Full time at Pataudry And some late drama there as well Dave Galloway Yeah Aberdeen 1 Hibs 1 In a first half High on effort But low on quality Hibs passed up Two really good chances Inside the first 10 minutes Horgan cleverly set up Dodge But Lewis was off his line Smartly to block The striker's effort Then Stevenson's Dangerous cross From the left Was beyond the reach Of Dodge And Horgan The visitors on top At this stage And a long range Free kick from James it Skipped past the post But the Dons certainly did come into things Ferguson crossed for Cosgrove who was ready to pounce but James cleared then Lee's looping header from Hedges corner wasn't far away and Maine drove the ball across goal but Cosgrove couldn't connect Hibbs went ahead three minutes after the restart Jones drive after a corner fell for Porteous and he drove home very smartly from, from round about six yards for Aberdeen things got even worse soon after with Maine getting a straight red card for a challenge on Malin. Doidge passed up another two good chances to increase the Highbies lead with Lewis again excelling to keep the ball out. James went close to making it 2-0 with a 30-yard pile driver that skimmed the top of the net. Doidge then incredibly passed up a fourth really good chance to score clean through once more but again it was Lewis to the rescue. The visitors were kind of sitting back a bit and the Dons showed uh, a great deal of spirit. Hedges hit the post with a low shot with the keeper beating the home side were hoping to capitalise on their opponent's nervousness and they did work very hard to get back level and on 86 minutes McGinn's corner was converted by Cosgrove's powerful header to make it 1-1 Derek McInnes' men finished this one on top certainly but despite late pressure they couldn't grab a dramatic winner and then Ferguson got a straight red card deep into injury time also for a challenge on Malin it's been quite an afternoon Aberdeen won Hibs won and my super scoreboards uh, man of the match has to be Aberdeen keeper Joe Lewis at the Dons goalie denying Dodge an incredible four times today uh, Leicester have been beaten you would imagine by Liverpool 95th minute James Milner penalty VAR all involved so you can tell Brendan Rodgers to stand down no Man United or anything tonight it's Tottenham so there we go uh, it's full time at Tyne Castle Fraser Wisher Hearts nil come on at one come on at players left a standing ovation the Hearts fan that's players left to booze from there Hearts had plenty of the ball but they just couldn't break down a well organised Kilmarnock side Chris Burke's first half header ended up the winner and it came in 41 minutes very simple goal an excellent hammer lining cross to the left hand side on the touchline in came Burke at the back post he out jumped Jake Mulraney who should have done better but it was a powerful header by Burke from so it's 8 yards low into the corner of the net Kilmarnock had done his expected frustrated Hearts defending deep hitting on the break and comfortable throughout that first half where Kilmarnock 
and Hearts had to change things. They brought on Steve McLean and they went to 4-4-2 formation. Better shape. Machino immediately looked lively. A 25-yard shot had Vanescu diving too low to his left. And Michael Smith, the right back's control, let him down with the goal at his mercy. But after that bright start, Kamara began to reclaim their grip on the game comfortably, defending deep, dangerous on the break. Hearts fans' frustrations beginning to show. And although they had plenty of the ball, they did create one or two chances. They couldn't create that clear-cut chance that would get them the equaliser. Machino turned sharply in the edge of the box, dipping shot, inches over. Bozanic headed narrowly over, and then Dicamona missed the best chance when he missed his header at the back post. I don't know what he did, but it was gaping the goal two yards out, and he completely missed the ball. Hearts ended up with Dicamona and Berra up front, but they just couldn't get that equaliser. And they'll feel they probably deserved a point, Hearts, as they worked hard and they pushed really in the second half, but they hardly tested Brunescu in the kill eight goal. My super scoreboard man in the match was Gary Dicker. Once again, he dominated the midfield area and completely controlled the game for Kilmarnock. Full time at Tynecastle, Hearts nil, Kilmarnock 1. It's also finished between Partick Thistle and Queen of the South, Roger Hanna. Partick Thistle nil, Queen of the South 1. Ian McCall's Firhill homecoming spoiled by the team from his hometown of Dumfries. Queen's meriting the three points. It left them to sixth in the table. The only goal coming in the hour from centre-half Darren Brownlee booming home a header from six yards from Faisal Elbak to his corner wide on the right. Queen's could have been ahead inside 45 seconds. Dan Pibe is breaking into the box, hitting a right foot shot in the angle. It's somehow it was smuggled off the line by the Jags defence it took Partick a while to get into the game Joe Cardo sclaffing a shot wide after decent play by Cammy Palmer and Stuart Bannigan after 13 minutes but Queen's had the better of the chances in the first half Stephen Doby hitting the side netting after 14 minutes and Thistle keeper Scott Fox denying Scott Mercer with a stunning save to keep out his left foot curling shot after 35 minutes Queen's picked up where they left off at the start of the second half Kevin Holt firing a ball across his six yard box after 47 minutes Jack Hamilton just inches away from converting it Thistle did come into the game Dario Zanata was wide with a snapshot and then Ryan Williamson's cross reached Kenny Miller his header saved by Robbie McCrory in the Queen's goal then on the hour the decisive moment of the game that corner on the right Elbag Tui firing it into the danger zone and Brownlee got up in a crowded six yard box to head past Fox at the other end McCrory made a save with his feet to deny Shea Gordon but Queen still had decent chances in the break and Scott Fox somehow denied Stephen Doby a terrific save one on one after a buccaneering run forward from Lee Kilday Thistle huffed and puffed towards the end they had plenty of possession plenty of territory Kenny Miller glancing ahead up past the post from Ryan Williamson crosses the game went into four added minutes during that time McCrory he had another save this time from substitute Reese Cole's free kick grabbing the ball at the second attempt Queen's up to six for Thistle and Ian McCall they're three points adrift at the bottom of the table Brownlee get the winner his central defensive partner though was my super scoreboard man in a match Lethal Day gets the honours so do Queen's Partick Thistle nil. Queen of the South won What a day and now it's over to you 01419511025 what is on your mind you've been watching the football this afternoon maybe you've been at the game and you're just getting back in the car or you've been listening to the scores coming in what stuck out for you Motherwell fans Really strong position In third now Taking the grip of that Today with another Comfortable win Just how long Can you stay there 0141 951 1025 Will St Mirren Fans Will you ever see Your team score A league goal again Kilmarnock fans Will you ever see Your team concede one again Because the Celtic game aside You are the stingiest Team in the league At the moment Hearts fans Aberdeen fans Where do these results Leave Craig Levine and Derek McInnes respectively And of course tomorrow Celtic are off to Levy Rangers are at home to Hamilton Let's do it all 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to Thompson's.com 
What a day we've had in the SPFL The full-time scores from the Scottish Premiership Aberdeen 1, Hibs 1 uh, Hearts 0, Kilmarnock 1 Motherwell 2, St Mirren 0 And Ross County 2, St Johnston 2 In the Championship, Air United 0, Inverness 2 Dundee 2, Arbroath 0 Morton 1, Dunfermline 1 Partick Thistle 0 Queen of the South 1 In Scottish League 1 Clyde 0 Montrose 2 Dumbarton 3 Forfar 1 East Fife 1 Stranraer 1 Peterhead 1 Airdrie 2 And Wraith Rovers 2 Falkirk 2 In Scottish League 2 Albion Rovers 1 Elgin 3 Brecon 1 Stirling Albion 1 Cowden Beath 1 Edinburgh City 0 Queen's Park 1 Annan 2 and Stenhouse Muir 3, Cove Rangers 2 In the English Premier League Brighton 3, Tottenham 0 Burnley 1, Everton 0 Liverpool 2, Leicester 1 Norwich 1, Aston Villa 5 And Watford 0, Sheffield United 0 0141-951-1025 What is on your mind? What are you anticipating, Hugh Keevans? Let's do it postcode lottery If you are in Lanarkshire You are delighted You are third top, Motherwell If you are in Renfrewshire it is despair, not delight. You are St Mirren and you cannot score a goal and you cannot win matches. That's a concern. If you are in Midlothian, that's not good enough. Losing 1-0 at home to Kilmarnock. Tynecastle will be a difficult place to be right now. If you are in the Grampian region, out of jail with that late Sam Cosgrove goal against Hibs it doesn't mean there's nothing wrong it just means you get a two week stay of execution 0141 on the phone at Clyde SSB on Twitter uh, a lot to get through were you at again today they are the reactions we look for fresh fresh reaction you've, yeah. you're probably still either uh, flying high if your team won or you're Particularly raging if they didn't So get in touch Let us know what you think And of course we can look ahead To tomorrow's games as well Let's get stuck right in shall we Paul is a Motherwell fan From Bells Hill A happy one I would imagine Paul Oh I definitely um, Stephen Robinson's got the team Firing in all cylinders And the first half performance today We absolutely pounded um, St Mamna day they, they were actually quite happy To sit in at their own half and to be quite honest They deserved everything They got the day St Mirren um, But the young boy Maguire That came in uh, For William Donnelly He didn't look out of place And it was fantastic today And everybody's doing their job now. So we're, we're all happy in Lanarkshire tonight That sums it up really Alex Because yeah. um, Listen obviously winning games Is the most important thing But there's, there's been that added bonus For a while now whether it was Cadden Then it was Campbell Then it was Turnbull And it was Hasty And James Scott scores the day And now Paul's telling you That Barry Maguire Is another one Who Liam Donnelly Motherwell's main man this season Drops out Barry Maguire yeah. comes in Winning is good Winning with a Team that's got Academy graduates And it's even better If you're a fan like Paul yeah, Without doubt I think you're actually seeing The, the, the fruits Of a very well run club uh, The Academy won the league a couple of years ago. Was, uh, the cup wasn't yeah, it? The yeah, cup. Cup, yeah. So they're obviously seeing that, Gordon. They're clearly doing something right. Maguire has come in today, uh, and and it's an opportunity. And, and as Paul says, it's an opportunity to showcase yourself. And he's he's done very well. I think when you look at Motherwell's form, four wins out of the, uh, the last five games, really impressive. And you just think to yourself, could they be that surprise package? We looked at Kamarnock yeah. last year. Uh, who nick third spot They could potentially do the same Motherwell this year Alec if we accept that Celtic and Rangers Belong to a different planet They they are simply In a different place from anyone else in this league Motherwell are top They are the best of the rest And 
if you're Motherwell, if you're Stephen Robinson, and all associated with the club, you'll accept that. That's a good thing. If you can finish third with Motherwell, you've had a brilliant season. Paul, I wonder how how you feel in terms of of where you're aiming. You're third at the moment, and at the moment, there is no reason to think you can't stay there. Um, I wonder though if you've maybe got in the back of your head that well, you know, surely Hearts will get their act together at some point. Surely Aberdeen will. Surely I, I don't know Hibs maybe. Paul, how long do you think Motherwell can stay up there? Well. As long as we keep playing the way we're playing um, and getting a hundred percent, everybody knows teams go through purple patches. And Livingston had that last year, and we're doing it this year. And we've been Gallagher at the back with Hartley. Um, they actually strolled their game today. It was brilliant. For example, Motherwell are ten points, Paul. Ten points yep. above Hibs. After eight yeah. games, ten points above Hibs. I actually did him a disservice there, Paul. It's actually five wins out of six. I didn't add today's uh, win, but um, as I said, it's impressive. I think I think this all boils down to recruitment, Gordon. When you look at the personnel that he's brought in over the course of the summer, with the players that they already had, and then the odd one coming mm. out of the academy, it's a really good way to run your club. Who else stood out for you today, Paul? I think the one that you singled out was was Barry Maguire, then, then Declan Gallagher. What about in a more attacking sense? I take it you were delighted. Mark Guidi was there for us, and he was he was raving about James Scott's goal. Was it is it worth watching? Aye, aye, it was a cracker. You could see it where we were sitting in the East stand when they hit the ball. It looked as if it was like getting out of Rosehead, and the curl on it you put on it was fantastic. And James Scott caused the St Man defence problems with cutting inside all day today, and they just couldn't handle him. And they were quite happy just to lump the ball up the park. I think the most pleasing thing for for Steve Robinson will be the consistency that they're showing. You know that they get they get beat off Celtic. I think what in the second game losing losing five goals, they've responded from that you know magnificently well, and, and they've went on to be really really consistent. And it, it, there's nothing more frustrating when you maybe win a game 2-0 Then you're losing 2 or 3-0 But Motherwell have not done that They're on a real consistent run And Paul, you'll know as well More than anyone The, the style of play now as well Stephen Robinson's had to completely adapt There was a time when It was a very direct team It was a very physical team And you can't change that overnight But Stephen Robinson has now changed it And Motherwell are winning games In a very different way to what They used to win them As you said With the budgets With other teams in the league Aberdeen Aberdeen's budget blows us out of the water. But they could they could Aberdeen could probably buy four model teams. And for the job what Robinson and Lasley's doing, the guy's he's pulling a rabbit out of a hat every time. And the players that are coming in, they're doing their jobs and the players that are coming through the academy, it's just a, a great balance in the new. All right, we know we're not going to win every single game. But as long as the team gives 100% and fights like that and the wins keep coming, we need to beat teams that are run about us. Your Hamilton's, St Mirren's, Ross County, hopefully next time. Um, but teams like that, that's where our season has got to be won and lost. So if we keep it up and we keep beating them, then there's, there'll be a lot of happy Mudwell fans at the end of the season. Paul, see the analogy that you've used there that, that he's pulling a rabbit out the hat? Do you, do you think that's fair? Do you not think that's doing the... Steve Robinson and, and the club a wee bit of injustice. Do you not think this is, you know, they're getting the fruits of real, real hard labour over a number of years? Good coaching. Yeah, they are with the academy and the players, but players that are coming in for non-league, um, 
bit of guy He'll in for solid hull mirrors Yeah but again that, That's good recruitment That's that's good work As opposed to For me pulling a rabbit out of a hat Would have been Patrick Thistle Going to, to Parkhead and, and, and getting a result last uh, Two weeks ago in the cup That would have been Pulling a rabbit out of a hat But Aye. what Motherwell <laughs> were doing Consistently over a period of time For me Is not pulling a rabbit out of the hat I think it's fantastic What they're doing To get that level of consistency And performance Week in week out At the end of the year Motherwell lost half their team Every year and it's frustrating for us because we have no, we can't offer players long contracts. We can't keep them there. So if players want to move on, which they will for bigger money, then that's fair enough. But for the job that Robinson does, and he goes to two cup finals, kept is in the league. But let's know. To be quite honest, that's what main aim for Muddle is to stay in the league. Basically, that's it. With the budget we've got, but. To be up where we are And keep fighting And keep beating teams Like that around about us Your hearts and your hips It's fantastic Yeah I mean Listen granted It is early in the season A lot could change But if you had offered a, Or if you'd suggested Hugh and maybe May Then oh. mi- middle of May That Motherwell Would lose David Turnbull To injury And lose Jake Hasty mm-hmm. To Rangers And would then be better When the next season came around You would have been hard Pushed to believe it But that that is testament To the recruitment yeah, even I would not have predicted that one. Uh, so well, well, well done to them. Uh, I, I can't praise Stephen Robinson any more than I do on a weekly basis on this program. He has been sensational in the job. They just have to keep it going. And as I say, if they finish third and after eight games, they're ten points better off than Hibs and Hearts. If they finish third, therefore the best of the rest. It is a truly remarkable achievement. Just before we finish on this 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 topic, Paul's talking about year on year they yeah. lose the good players. Yeah, one of the things that Motherwell will be conscious of is if one of the big jobs come up, Stephen Robinson will most certainly sure. be in the frame. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, heads and hearts, the, the managerial positions may yet come up for grabs, but all we can do now. Is acknowledged that Stephen Robinson will be looked at by Hibs and by Hearts and who knows mm. others as well before the season is over. But all we know at the moment is they're the best of the rest. Right, what else have we got out there then? I'm looking at you, Aberdeen fans. A 5 0 defeat, the heaviest defeat in nine years last week, uh, followed up by failing to beat Hibs at home, down to nine men. Where does this leave you? Where does it leave Derek McInnes in your eyes? Hearts fans, another. Home defeat Only one home win In fact was it the last home win In the league was in March, March I think yeah. we said that earlier on Harps fans you must be disappointed And Partick Thistle fans After the big return of Ian McCall last week And things looking up Crashing back down to earth today So if you've been at a game today Let's hear from you right now 01419511025 uh, Thank you to Paul and Bells Hill Thomas is in Barhead uh, Looking ahead to tomorrow I suspect Thomas Good evening gentlemen uh, I'm wondering maybe about Rangers' defensive frailties on Thursday. Uh, I know that Tavernier's coming in for a lot of blame, and to an extent, although some of it's over the top, uh, that's fair enough. I mean, somebody like Bobby Shearer would have booted that ball and the player into Rose Ed um, rather than passing it about. However, I think the main problem is Stevie Gerrard constantly changing the centre of that defence. Last season, we had Cartage and Goldson formed a great um, partnership, and at Christmas time, we well, looking reasonably good. The constant chopping and changing world was something less than a success. And I think that cost us on the run-in. And this season, when he reinstated Katic, and again, that partnership worked very, very well. 
and it worked well against Aberdeen. But then you're going to a big European game away from home on a plastic pitch, and you're then putting Hollander in beside Goldson again. And again, so you're going to have to get, you've just played with Cartage for about, I don't know, three or four games, and then you're back into Hollander again. Who knows what the pairing will be on Sunday? The thing is, if Cartage was playing badly, then fair enough. But Cartage is actually playing well, and is always good for a goal or two. And I think it's that uncertainty as to who's playing where. Then you had issues at left back where you had Barisic and Halliday and Flanagan all playing. It's constantly chopping and changing. Just get your defence and stick with it. Yeah, I, I think you're right in terms of trying to get that kind of continuity, Thomas. I, I'm, I'm in agreement in terms of the, the chopping and changing. Uh, I think if just to highlight what your last point was there in terms of the left back berth, I think uh, Barisic was inconsistent. I think he's actually starting to become a lot more Reliable And I think he will be a mainstay As it currently stands just now uh, In terms of the centre half I put the team on uh, social media On Thursday night And across the board The response was Why is Katic Why is he changing it On the back of a 5-0 mm-hmm. uh, Thumping of Aberdeen And uh, You know You can understand You want the uh, Fans are kind of frustrated It happened last year as well uh, I would like to see it More rigorous And try and get them As a back A back four who you could rely on This chopping and changing You know It, it kind of Creates uncertainty Thomas at the same time though Those two goals That Rangers conceded In Switzerland the other night They're the only goals They've conceded In the last five games So A, a lot of a lot of Rangers fans And a lot of People who watch them Talk about I think the phrase you used Was defensive frailties And of course that There were mistakes But if you've conceded Two goals In your last five games It doesn't sound like There's a major issue No but what I fear for Is the frailties That we had last season was caused by the chopping and changing and that that's my point. We haven't conceded up until those two goals because your centre half uh, pairing was stable. You change it again and we lose two goals, two preventable goals. To, you know, and okay, you can you can wave to the for both of them. Uh, that's right. But again, if you had the understanding, the continuity, I think it would it would help. What I'm scared of is going forward. Would make the same mistake as we made last season. Thomas, Stephen Gerrard was was very clear in his pre-match interview on Thursday night as to why, and he said simply that he was going for experience. He said he was taking Katic out the team that he'd been playing well. He had done absolutely nothing wrong, but simply for that match on that occasion, he wanted to go with experience. His post-match interview, he had said that it was individual errors that cost him the match, cost him a point, and potentially the the three was individual errors. So in terms of Reflectively for his, his team selection I think he would pick the same team Given the same opportunity Given the fact that it was individual errors According to him Tell That what, cost him the game Thomas hang on the line and, and listen to this And give us your thoughts Because there's been a lot of criticism For James Tavernier From Rangers fans uh, From some pundits as well Real sort of strong criticism Coming through on, on the phones last night Here's what Stephen Gerrard Had to say looking ahead to tomorrow From my point of view The quicker the better Because I want to get back to winning ways And I want that feel good factor back And we in a really good place um, in terms of our league form and um, you know we want to try and continue that against Hamilton in terms of the players you know it was a tough game on a, on a, on a tough pitch um, so I'm sure the extra couple of days from their point of view is quite useful in terms of getting the energy back in, in the body and getting them ready to go again for 90 minutes James is the captain of this team for a reason um, he, he's mature and he, he's big enough to handle the um, the criticism that comes his way. Um, that's one thing when you're looking for in, in your captain, you know, 
Uh, football's not just about highs and praise and everyone telling you how great you are. It's about um, setbacks and recovering from them and being able to handle um, the tough times as well as the good times. Thomas, what's your current view of James Tavernier, your captain? Again, pretty much with what Stevie said. Um, Tavernier has done more good for us than than the than not good. Um, I thought I admired his courage when he stepped up to take the penalty uh, the last game. Aberdeen, um, yeah. yeah, having missed two, I my heart was in my mouth. I thought, oh gosh, you know, that he, he stepped up confidently, took it, and that was great. My one fear for him is that he has got a lot of credit, and this is the world of social media. Um, and he's human, and if he if he reads it, then Steady G's got to just monitor him. Is it going to affect his confidence, etc.? Does he take him out for a couple of games just to give him some breathing space? That's not me saying he should be taken out or dropped, but Stevie G will know better the, than I do. The, the one thing I, his confidence. The one thing I think I can absolutely guarantee you is that Steven Gerrard will pay absolutely no mind to anybody on social media. And he will It's not really about him paying uh, You know Letting them influence him though It's just about whether he thinks It would be a good idea But no chance in your mind No, no not, chance. Not, not a chance it, That would do be more the, harm be The first name written down yeah. To play Hamilton Ackies uh, I wouldn't be surprised If he gets a goal uh, The fans will Come out to support him Because they're aware Of what he's been getting Since Thursday night For me I spoke earlier on about scapegoat culture. There's also a blame culture. The mm. the nature of the defeat, virtually the last kick of the ball, it's embedded in people's minds. They're very, very angry and they take it out on the first one they think of and that's Tavernier. Sure, see, see if, uh, obviously there's a, a, a element, a proportion, who are asking for him to be removed and taken out of the equation. Who do you put in? Oh. That's a bigger question. But no, I mean, it would be Flanagan. I think, again, I think I can guarantee the subject has never crossed Stephen Gerrard's mind. Hmm. Tavernier is the captain, is a firm favourite of the manager. He does have defensive frailties. He has plenty of previous. We all know that. But anyone who thinks that what happened in Bern means that James Tavernier is going out of the side... Is living in cuckoo land. Final word to you, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I don't don't misunderstand me. I don't want to, to be dropped or pulled. Um, I think that would be unfair considering what he has done. What I was more concerned about was just not so much that Stevie G would be influenced by social media, just in case Taft's head went down. Do you just take him out of the heat if, if his head goes down? But hopefully, the way he did with that penalty, he stays strong and hopefully the team back him on Sunday. Thomas, thank you very much for the call. That was Thomas and Barhead, 0141-951-1025. We're going to start hearing from today's managers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Craig Beatty, and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan. Plenty of time for you to get your calls in. We want to hear from as many of you as possible between now and six o'clock. Ideally, if you're fresh home from a game and you've got something to share with us, who was good, who was bad. Did the referee annoy you? Anything else that you might want to share? And if you're looking ahead to tomorrow as well This is the place to do it I must tell you The hibby in the family has been on Not <laughs> having Black it sheep. Not having it today And Alex just made a great point You know that Hibs are in the semi-final of the Betfred Cup They did take a point off Celtic And now they're taking a point at Petaudry But the hibby in the family says they were rubbish And he's not happy with Doidge 
who had apparently four one-on-ones with Joe Lewis in the Aberdeen goal didn't score from any of them Come on Hearts fans Aberdeen fans I know it's a disappointing time But if you're looking for Somewhere to Air your concerns This is the place to do it 01419511025 What's going wrong At your clubs at the moment Let's continue on the theme From just before the break The managers from today Have been speaking Are speaking at the moment We'll bring you those interviews As soon as we can Let's speak to Graham In Irvine Hi Graham Good evening Gordon Yeah good Graham What's on your mind? Uh, just a wee bit of the criticism James Tavernier received mm-hmm. about during the week and just, I, I, I don't get some of these Rangers fans that I mean there's more positives than playing them than if we didn't have them put it that way I'm of the same opinion Graham uh, I was I know because we're actually highlighting James Tavernier because of the, the, the backlash of Thursday night I think when you look over the course of the 19 games that Rangers have had to you, it's 15 wins, 2 draws and 2 losses. Uh-huh. And the disappointing thing for Rangers fans will be the the, 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 the team picked for the old firm and the lack of kind of spirit on the day. And I think they've missed an opportunity on Thursday night because I think young boys were there to either be taken for the 3 points or at least come away with it. And I think that's down to game management. And players are going to have the odd off game. But I think in the main, I think Graham is absolutely right. And for me, James Tavernier has no uh, qualms about getting uh, picked tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Graham, I take it you'd go along with that then. Absolutely no doubt that he, he plays tomorrow. 100% and he's the captain of our team. He's already there in the dressing room. So I think some of the fans forget. I think we've spent £3.5 million on Hollander. If we go and spend that again on the right back, are we going to get a better right back than James Cavanier? Stephen Gerrard made the point uh, yesterday when he met the press that all that Tavernier was guilty of was human error. Yeah. On the night, he's had a bad game. Alec and Craig will undoubtedly have bad games. He had one in about 1994, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I go back to the scapegoat culture. His one bad game is enough for those who don't think very deeply about it to basically say it's all his fault. Because Graham, I suppose what that does do, that that scapegoat culture that Hugh talks about, even if you do want to be super critical of James Tavernier's role in it, it lets Connor Goldson off the hook for for not closing down the ball more. It lets Philip Hollander off the hook for not going going with his other foot. It lets Alan McGregor off the hook for maybe um, his failure to save the last one. Did you feel that there were more team frailties surrounding the goals than just James Tavernier, Graham? I totally agree with that, aye. But James is getting the the brunt of it, but it's totally unjustified because for what James has done in the past couple of years, scoring the goals... Being a captain, uh. mm. but sorry, Graham. See, we had Thomas on uh, on a similar topic here talking about Tavernier. See if you have a bad game to be at a club at Rangers or Celtic or one of the bigger clubs. You've got to be mentally tough. You're going to have it with the odd one at Koshi, but over the piece, you have to rise above that. You have to show your character because Stephen Gerrard spoke about that as well. Oh. It's about character. We have no problems about James and what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, Graham. What about other than that? Then tomorrow, I, I'm not sensing too many people giving Hamilton a chance, but that that provides its own dangers, I guess. Who else would you have in the team? Uh, I would maybe 
give Morelos a wee rest, get the full back in, just uh, freshen things up. Uh, Graham, Graham, would you you want to rest Morelos when he's got fourteen goals in seventeen or eighteen games? For me, he's you spoke about. I, I, I get what you're saying there, but I'm just for the fear of getting injured. That's what it is. Morelos is going to be with Columbia. Is that right? Yeah. He's been called yeah. up. Yes, so he's got, he's got he could, a he could get Listen, football players can get injured at any point, whether it be training, matches. The, the kid's on absolute fire at the minute, and there's, there's no way he should be coming out of the team. It'd be the greatest thing that could happen to Brian Rice prior to the game starting if he found out that Morelos wasn't playing. Because if ever anybody looked likely to terrorise the Hamilton Mackey's defence, it's Alfredo Morelos mm. uh, Thank you very much to Graham and Irvin Much appreciated that call uh, Scott is a St Mirren fan Who's just disappeared I was going to bring Scott on He's never even called in before He was worried about Jim Goodwin About St Mirren's uh, progress at the moment Scott, give us a call back Let's let's talk it through um, Another Scott is on the line in Kirkintillic Hello, hi Scott uh, Good evening panel Hello. Um, I don't want to go into too much about the, the tavern here Because everybody's phoning up about him yeah. But just before I go into my point about Conor Goldson, um, just on the Tavernier, Tavernier's the captain. And it's um, I think Hugh was right earlier when he says about scapegoat. I was very angry after the game the other night. But see, two days later, you put it in a perspective and the positives from it, exactly what um, Ray says as well. He's a captain and a bad manager would drop him. And there's no way Tavernier's getting dropped. I just wish that the fans would get after his back because it's not going to be in his conference. But anyway, my, my point's more towards Conor Goldson. I think he's getting off very lightly here. And I'll tell you why. Alec, any, any good team that's done to the spine of the team, yeah. you've got McGregor, you've got a midfield, you've got Morelis. Conor Goldson is making so many mistakes that are, and, and we're not getting punished for goals and that's why he's getting away with them. That's my opinion. Now, we'll never know until he gets dropped. I, I, he's bordering on embarrassment now, actually, because see when we had see, see with corners, especially corners, you know when a corner comes in and he does a ball, it's going in the bar. It's actually becoming embarrassing now. It's something he should practice. And see when there's corners against us, you never see him attacking the ball. Any good centre forward would be attacking a ball. The only time he hurls at the ball, uh, the box is if the ball hits on him. But the amount of mistakes that he does. He's a liability, he's a bomb scare. When he gets he bought his feet, I'm like, where's he going with us? Because he tries these 50-yard passes that never come off. And I do not know why Gerard is not dropping Connor Goldson. That's my issue. Well, Scott, oh. you've, you've come on here to defend Tav and you've just left Big Goldson without, without a stitch to his name. Well, l- l- listen, oh, listen uh, I think when you look at the actual overall picture, I think... What is it? What is the stats? Is it one goal worse off than Celtic's defence? Yeah, uh, five clean sheets before the other night as well, um, and I think there's two segments to your 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 argument there in terms of the set plays. You know, when the ball comes over, uh, he he gets underneath the ball, resulting in obviously flying over the bar. I mean, he's got three goals this season. I, I, certainly, the Kilmarnock one and the St Johnston one were from. Set pieces. Yeah. I can't remember if the St Joseph's one was. I, I, I suspect it probably it was. was. Was it not from a? Uh, was it not the one that hit on the um, side of the barn and he, he followed in? It's not, not, it's not a bad return, is it? Three goals. Well, listen, I think listen, if you get three, three goals at a stage for a centre half is, is a good return. If you take that over over the course of the season, you're looking eight or nine goals. See, see if we just break all this back down and we look at from Stephen Gerrard's eyes. As it currently stands, they've got four centre halves. For me, Connor Golson's his number one, oh. and that's the way because he plays right, time right, after rightly time. though. 
Well, the thing is, Gordon. He, he, I know he's, he's you're right. He's obviously, Stephen Gerrard's. Would he be yours though? He, absolutely, yeah. Because because yeah. because Katic is. Uh, I actually like Katic, and he's number two for me. I think Hollander kind of probably comes in. I haven't seen enough of Edmondson to, to comment on that, Gordon. But what I've seen's been good though. For I know. Me, but, but for me, Alex, there's an element of his theory creeping in now. Let's take it all bit by bit. One goal and one point separate Celtic from Rangers in Europe. Rangers are in a group where all four teams have three points. In other words, any of those four teams could go through. There are four games left to play. It's open for Rangers to go through. As it is with Celtic, who have four points, one more than Rangers. It's there for Celtic to go through if they can maintain the kind of form they showed against Cluj. To listen to some of the Rangers supporters are coming on now, it's hysteria. Goldson's a liability. Tavernier's a liability The manager Why does he keep Leaving Katic out The manager doesn't know What he's doing mm. This is hysterical If uh, we break it down Even further where, where Rangers have not done Particularly well in games this year There haven't been many It's been few and far between The old Firm game Where Steven Gerrard Came out and said That he picked the wrong team So he, he's not blaming His centre-half for that He's taking the responsibility For, for trying to Pack the midfielders with, with five central midfielders and then the individual errors on Thursday night that cost them. I, I certainly don't think it, there's time for, for panic, Ibrox. There you are, Scott. I never thought I'd see the day. The resident prophet of doom, Hugh Keevan, says that you're being overly negative. What do you think? Well, I, I don't believe I'm negative. Well, if I'm negative, you're probably got another 50,000 Rangers fans all being negative, so we all can't be wrong. <laughs> I, I, just think, I, I just think Goldson's being overlooked. Um, how are we, we keep going on? Everybody comes on the, the phone and drop Catties, drop Alander. How are we going to know how the other, the rest of the centre halves get on if you've only got one centre half, as in Golton, who plays week in week out? Let's let's give him a break and see how two other centre halves will go on together. But Scott, surely, and, and my point was, surely the continued message from Stephen Gerrard is that he is his number one. He sees him all the time. He sees him every day. Surely that's message enough to the fifty thousand fans. That doesn't mean you can't disagree though I mean no, you go and you, you watch games And you, you're allowed to Like Scott is Just say that He you know, doesn't think that's the right decision That's that's alright um, I mean Alex I suppose I think maybe what What Scott's saying as well is Even if you do think Goldson is Is the number oh, one or whatever yeah. there, there is a bit of a difference Because in the way that The mistakes are being treated People who've been coming on the phones and criticising James Tavernier are going as far back as the old firm game last season to talk about the mistakes and to hold that against them. But Conor Goldson makes the mistake in the old firm game this season, just a couple of weeks ago. It doesn't seem like the the, the same rules the same, have been applied. And, and you're absolutely right, Gordon. And I think what we are doing here in the studio uh, to to a man is we are trying to kind of kind of calm this down because when you actually step back. I think Tavernier stuff far outweighs And you're absolutely right Because Golson did make that misplaced pass Which resulted in the, the Celtics first goal But So you need that parity when you're trying to be critical Scott and Kirkintillock Thank you very much Enjoy the game tomorrow Matthew is a St Mirren fan from Bishop Briggs uh, Where's it going wrong at the moment Matthew? Well I was at the game today again guys And I just think at the moment We're on the plane for 45 minutes And it's concerning me We went a goal down today And I didn't think we looked Anywhere near coming back into the game We gave ourselves a chance I thought Mullen was excellent And Jim Goodwin chose to take him off I thought Dumas was pretty good He chose to take him off I just I can't see where the, the corner's turning at the moment And I, just, I wonder if any of you guys had any to add to that um, you watched the game today. How much of a goal threat are, are you carrying Matthew? Because I mean, well, the stats certainly don't, don't suggest that there is one But is, is there more to it? Do you feel like you're looking likely to score or is it is it 
is it not not happening? No, I totally agree with that point. I think today's the first game in three games that we've had a shot on target. But I thought Mullen made a real impact coming into today and starting. Um, and I thought he looked likely to score. And then he decided to take him off. And I'm not sure what his thinking behind that is. Obika, I thought, was very poor. I don't think he offered anything today. And he chose to keep him on the park. So it just it bewilders me. Personally. Over the 90 minutes, Matthew, how many attempts on goal from St Mirren at the game? Probably one or two, to be honest with you. I think that's the key thing for me, Matthew. You look at the, is it three goals uh, scored in the last 10 games? Something like that, Hugh. Uh-huh. And as we said at the top of the programme, if you cannot score goals, uh, you have to maintain that kind of resolute defending. What we, we, we highlighted was a positive for them before the show. Uh-huh. Uh, but when you're losing... Goals like again today And you're not creating A great deal Over the course of several games yeah. That becomes more alarming I think today's the first time They've lost more than one goal In, in a number of weeks That's right yeah they've, absolutely they've, they've been losing goal Games by the odd goals But Mark analysis of it Was that the, the two centre-halves Hartley and, and Gallagher From Motherwell Had a Canter They, they strolled about all day apparently But I mean you, you Eight lead games played Twelve hours of open play Three goals Average One goal every four hours you're going nowhere with one goal every four hours Matthew, what about the, the sort of personnel? Who's impressing you? Who's who's not? And by the way, when I ask this question I'm not for a second suggesting this is, is why St Mirren aren't winning games But I'm just curious what the St Mirren fans feel about it Because I noticed when I was looking today The captain, Stephen McGinney, hasn't featured at all in the league this season Not a single minute of football um, Still standing by that being the right call? Personally for me... I think Flynn and Foley were put today. I think it can't hurt to throw Stephen in there. I think if it isn't, it wasn't for a goalkeeper, Hardke, we'd be rock bottom with a goodness knows Motherwell could have scored four or five today in the first half if it wasn't for him. Some of the signings have been okay. I think McLaughlin has looked pretty good at the back. Dunmus looks a threat, but personally, strike signings, striker signings, and Marias and Obika haven't. Matthew do you think that's partly the Because we we obviously go back to the summer uh, When Jim came in It was late in the day uh, And that was on the back of the Oren Kearney uh, Debacle due to the fact You know it was as if Oren was going to take things forward uh, And the chairman was on record as saying At the time we are where we want to be Except players Now they're the most crucial ones You have to get them in And you have to get in Mm. the market Early enough for it to to, to acquire these guys Good timing from you Matthew Because we can give you The thoughts of Jim Goodwin So listen up And uh, let us know If you agree with what he had to say Disappointed with the The final result obviously Um, You know first half I think we We showed them a little bit Too much respect And and, uh, sat off them And you know That's You know the players Were only doing what I asked them to do And I take responsibility for that I felt that we could Sit off the game And um, and try and exploit the space in behind on the counter attack. It didn't quite work as we had hoped. Uh, second half we were a little bit more on the front foot, um, and you know the second half was a lot more even. There's no doubt about it. I think in the first half my goalkeepers had too much to do. It's a two or three very good saves, and you know we were happy to get in at one 0 To be honest with you, um, second half was more like us, you know, and we had a couple of decent opportunities ourselves. But at this moment in time, as I have repeated in the last couple of weeks um, it's just not falling for us you know I, I'm, I'm not saying we deserve to win the game I think Motherwell were the better team over the whole piece but uh, again today we have had some decent opportunities you know Paul McGinn puts a great ball in first half nobody on the end of it Dermis the same first half nobody on the end of it and um, you know I'm sounding like a broken record to be honest with you and 
we're going to have to change it quickly because we can't keep relying on the back four and goalkeeper to make saves and keep the ball out of the net. You know, we've had two clean sheets back to back prior to today, and uh, we need to start scoring goals because you know you can't win games if you don't do that. What do you think, Matthew? I think he gives a fair reflection of the game. I thought forty-five, the first forty-five, we showed them too much respect. But my question to him would be. This seems to be a common theme that last week against Hearts, the first half I thought we were pretty good. In the second half, we backed off Hearts. And the week before against Hamilton, we played for the first 45. And the second 45, we were non-existent. So I think he gives a fair analysis of the game. But the question is, why are the players only playing for 45 minutes in the game? Good man, Matthew. That was Matthew and Bishop Briggs. Thank you for the call. Derek McInnes will no doubt be disappointed. He didn't speak to the media after the game. It was Tony Doherty, his assistant, instead. Um, we'll try and bring you as many of the manager's post-match interviews as we can and more of your calls next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors the form team for compensation for more than 40 years talk to thompsons.com final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard is upon us Alex Ray Craig Beatty and Hugh Keevans here to take your calls we're about to speak to John and Bishopton he's a Celtic fan uh, wants to discuss Neil Lennon let's quickly squeeze in some more managers interviews from today fresh reaction coming in from Stephen Robinson keeping a hold of third place a 2-0 win against St Mirren the first half was our best performance of the season I thought we were very very good pleasing in the eye I thought we moved the ball away some of our combinations and our, our passing out from the back through midfield very good we worked on a lot of things about getting our, our number 8s on the ball early and, and creating 3v2s and I thought we were excellent game should have been out of sight we, we had enough chances where the game should have been 3 and 4 nil easily at, at half time when you don't take that there's obviously a, a little bit of nervousness in the second half did you put Paul Wilson out with Steve Clark? I don't do anybody's job for him. Steve's got a hard enough job. I had a really good chat with him last night. He's a, he's a super manager. I have so much respect for him, what he done at Kelly. And I'm sure, given the time, he will turn Scotland around. There's no better man. Keep up this form and he'll come to watch your players on a regular basis. Um, listen, Steve does his due diligence. He, he's watching our players anyway. And, you know, Alan Campbell, Declan Gallagher, Liam Polworth. Um, and Liam, people, I think, thinks a wee bit older than what he is. He's not. And, you know, he's perhaps went a wee bit stale he stayed maybe too long uh, at Inverness but they were brilliant with him and he was very good fit for them we've you know he's kicked on again and I'm delighted with him at the minute You've developed a number of players here Steve who've moved on to even bigger things than here I mean do you see him as one that still has more improvement yet? Definitely I, I, he gets the game he understands the game technically he's he's very very good um, you know he, he reminds me of Turnbull as well where they don't give the ball away in, in areas they're, they're very calm they give you an assurance around the pitch you know him and Alan Campbell are a great combination in there with young Barry behind him today and, and obviously Liam Donnelly before so yes yeah, so Liam keeps improving keeps getting fitter keeps getting stronger and, and keeps learning and he, he's got a wee chance Certain sort of junctions in the season Hugh this yeah. is one of the first ones but it's the second International break You can kind of break it up into sections Stephen Robinson and his mother players Get a couple of days downtime mm. Knowing that they return Still on a high Third place in the league Yeah it's a good fortnight for them They can go into hibernation Feeling chuffed With the way they've gone about their business I don't know why Stevie Clark Was suddenly brought into that conversation there You know, because... no, he said Would he be coming along to watch Liam Polworth Yeah Just... but you know He's already shown that he's watching players I mean Stuart Finlay Brought into the squad From Kilmarnock uh, he's a pick Lauren Shanklin from a championship side So I think Steve Clark, As Stephen Robinson said there Is doing his due diligence He's looked at the championship He's looked at the premiership And of course he's got a knowledge of all That's going on down south as well John's a Celtic fan in Bishopton How are you tonight John? Very well, yourself guys? Good. No complaints John, what's your point? 
Um, I was on just when um, Neil Lennon was uh, appointed the manager um, of Celtic and there was a lot of people basically doubting the man. And I came on and I spoke to Mr Kevins and we had a chat about um, Neil Lennon, um, what he's done before, what he's done, um, you know, being at Celtic and people should give him a bit of support. And I tried on on Friday, but he's were really, really busy. And I just wanted to, you know, to to say, you know, how delighted I am of how the way Celtic are playing. Really, really attack-minded, but no nonsense in defence. And I can see, um, maybe, a new, you know, a couple more players. I think it would be, Celtic would be a far greater, more powerful side. I think uh, Neil, when he was a Celtic player... Uh, looked at behind him and saw Johan Mialbi or Bobo Baldi, and uh, you know he, yeah. he, he likes big units in there. Uh, but yeah. the, the, but they can play as well. Uh, at the time, and you you remember this well. Uh, I said that I thought that some of the things have been said about Neil Lennon, the downgrade from Brendan Rodgers being chief among them, uh, was disrespectful. Disrespectful to someone who, as a Celtic manager, had won titles. And perform well in Europe And now You get Celtic fans saying That Celtic in Europe Are better under Neil Lennon Than they were under Brendan Rodgers So he's he's won over an awful lot of people Neil knows the score He's been here for 20 years now In this country He has to keep this going Domestically And in Europe Nine in a row Is the holy grail For the Celtic fans You can't discuss ten Unless you get nine So he knows that the way the wind blows here And he has to keep going Starting Livy tomorrow Because Nobody saw two points Being left behind The Easter Road last weekend But they were yeah. And he can't Have any more points Left behind In mm. West Lothian Is it too early For this question Or this this um, Conclusion that Neil Lennon's better in Europe For Celtic Than, than Brendan Rodgers was Hugh Because Brendan Rodgers got them to the Champions League, and yeah, of course they were. Of course they were. They were dealt with on a number of yeah. occasions by bigger European clubs. But but he got them to the Champions League, and then in his season in the Europa League, he got them out of the group. So yeah. that might well turn out to be true in, in time. But I just wonder if it's a bit premature. Bit well, of course it's premature. But uh, you know, we've acknowledged that you can't uh, disallow people having an opinion. Um, I think Celtic are pleasing on the eye. And latterly, and I underline latterly, uh, some Celtic fans were talking about the ponderous nature of Celtic's play under Brendan Rodgers. You can't take away from a man who won seven trophies on the bounds. But the fans like what they're seeing. And they like individually and collectively what's going on at the moment. As I say, it could all go horribly wrong. If he doesn't win the league, the chances are he won't be there any longer. But right now... The fans like what they're seeing. Yeah, I think that, that's important. You, I think, um, you know, the, the, your last point there, where when everything's going well, the garden's all rosy, isn't it? There, yeah. There's no issues, and, and Neil Lennon deserves his praise, uh, as did Brendan Rodgers when when he was getting lavish with all the praise when he was doing it up here. As soon as it starts to go wrong, um, I've got no doubts that Neil, if it goes wrong, sorry, that that Neil Lennon will then get criticised yeah. and will be reverting back to, you know, we should have replaced Brendan by X, Y, or Z. So. Yeah. Well, Neil's going and it's going good. He gets a praise, but if it doesn't, then he um, will be criticised. John, what about tomorrow? Um, obviously, Celtic had a bit of difficulty getting the three points. In fact, they didn't get three points in at the Tony Macaroni last season. 
any concerns for tomorrow? Um, apart from the park, yeah, but you know, there's they're playing a, against another team, so they've got all the difficulties. If there's any, you know, that um, the park creates, but the bottom line is um, they've just got to be patient and you know make sure that they they work the ball and they work you know all the angles to get in behind them. Um, and that's why I would play the, the, the Cluj team If I can call it that um, Because there you have A very very good team High as kites After what they did And how they did it against Cluj Well why not just play them again Yes I, I said at the top of the show That the last two away games that we've watched That although they've got four points out of the six In terms of actual performance level And creating chances It, it was a bit slack It was a bit lacklustre I think Neil Acknowledged that himself last week at Hibs um, That would be a slight concern for me going into the game um, If Lyndon Dykes is available as well tomorrow um, I think he's an absolute handful And he's something that, that the two centre-halves will not have really come up against so Thanks far Thanks to season. John in Bishopton Let's check in with the Aberdeen camp Unfortunately not Derek McInnes It was Tony Doherty uh, who spoke to the press today We're one nothing down Down to ten men Which I've got to say is a real dubious decision I've got to clarify I, don't, I haven't seen it back yet But in my opinion I think Curtis Main wins the ball And I think that actually their player you know, makes the referee make that decision. Akin to the second one as well, I'd have to say that. But you know, at that stage of the game, we're up against it. You know, and and I think a lot of questions have been raised for the last performance in terms of the team's personality and mentality. And I think what they did is they reflected the manager's personality and mentality in that last 15 minutes of the performance, where we should have possibly went on and won the game. But I think it speaks volume of the squad. You know, they weren't giving it up. The substitutions definitely helped us, but there was a real kind of galvanisation, if you like, of the, of the team, and we could have went on and won it. A lot of thrown at you, a lot of thrown at the players over the last couple of weeks. The noise coming from the stands in the last few minutes as you were pushing to get that winner, uh, a reconnection perhaps from the fan base and the players. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, sometimes there's an outcome from a game that you don't expect. And as I say, the start of the game, I wouldn't have accepted a 1-1 a one, one, one draw at home. But the way the game went, sometimes that galvanises not just the players, you know, but the support as well. And I think it's important, you know, that I think that player's performance, that last 50 minutes, just epitomise the manager. And, and we're lucky at Aberdeen Football Club that we've got the manager and Derek McInnes. And a lot of people need to realise that, you know, the amount of solid, sterling work that's been done. And sometimes when a situation that you're in like that, it brings out the best in people. And I do think it, it, it made a stand up, it showed a personality, it showed a mentality, which is a reflection of the manager. Sounds like Tony Doherty and uh, Derek McInnes are digging in. Uh, the late equaliser is a stay of execution. They come back a fortnight from now, uh, revitalised, and they have to do better uh, than they have done so far. Uh, they're eight points behind Motherwell I keep banging on about Motherwell But they are showing what can be achieved On a small budget Thank you very much to Hugh Keevans Craig BT and Alex yeah. Ray For joining me Gordon Duncan in the studio Big thanks as always to the top team all around the grounds But the biggest thanks gets reserved for you Thanks for listening The calls and tweets were much appreciated as well and if that wasn't enough We are back tomorrow At 11.45 wow. It always jars When you say Good morning And welcome <laughs> to Clyde One Super Scoreboard But that's the reality Because Celtic are in Livingston For a midday kickoff, And then when 3 o'clock Comes around It's Rangers against Hamilton Followed by the open line And your chance to have your say So we'd love for you to join us But thanks for your company today And in the meantime Hugh Evans And everyone else Can get their weekend started In the company Of Mr George Bowie On the GBX I think Morton rescued a point didn't they? They did, Jim McAllister, the goal. We'll see how grumpy he is on the way out. GBX is up next. 
one Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.